All right. Welcome to another episode of What Does It Take? Today, we have a special guest, Coach Steve Marinetti from Elmhurst University. Steve is the Elmhurst University head wrestling coach. Steve, how's it going today? It is going great, Coach Curran. How about yourself? It's going great, man. <laughs> Things are good. Things are good. Um, so uh, you were my head wrestling coach, obviously, uh, back uh, about, it's been 10 years now. Um, so I, I just wanted to start off. You don't count that. the years. It's been a couple of years. Been a couple of years. Just I, a couple. I'm not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Where I say that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm still too exact. I still remember your glory days. <laughs> You're one of the only ones. <laughs> Uh, so why don't you coach, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get going here? Sure. I mean, uh, you know, I've been coaching at, uh, Elmhurst university for this is my 19th season. Um, I coached at university of Illinois for seven years before that. And, you know, going backwards, I, I competed at Illinois. So I was a, um, wrestler there at Illinois and then, uh, went right into coaching and grad school and wasn't quite sure what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And then I got an opportunity to uh, be a head coach. I was kind of deciding between, you know, going into advertising with my master's degree or, or staying in coaching. And I, I really loved my coaching experience that I had, you know, at, at that time and wanted to at least give it a try and, you know, run my own program and, and uh, you know, have complete control and see how that goes. Awesome. And, and coach, I know you always avoid this, but um, I do have to ask, you know, could you give us a few of your kind of uh, uh, competitive results um, that you're, you're well known for, at least in the wrestling community? Okay, sure. So, you know, I, I had a good senior year in high school. I wrestled at Glenbrook North um, and I finished second in the state. And, you know, kind of from there decided like, you know what, I'm, I'm not done with wrestling. I want to keep it going. Um, you know, and, and really I decided on Illinois for their business program. It wasn't really for the wrestling program and, um, you know, decided to go there and see if I had what it took. And, you know, I, I, I was pretty lucky my uh, sophomore year, our, we had some new coaches hired. So freshman year, um, you know, one of the stories I tell is I was 13 to nine not too bad. And then worked with these new coaches, you know, in the spring and the summer and the fall. And that, that sophomore year, I ended up being 44 and nine uh, and finished fourth in the country as an all American. And uh, you know, that, that goal of being an all American was probably, Hey, senior year, maybe if I work really hard and these guys, um, you know, coach Mark Johnson and Jim Heffernan, who's still the coach there now, um, you know, really instilled in me, like this could happen this year. Um, you know, really, really saw the power of coaching from that. Like that was, a, you know, one of the times where the transformation was so big that like, I couldn't take credit for it. It was like these guys guiding me. And, and that really helped me, uh, you know, fall in love with coaching. Um, you know, but then I, I was an All-American that next year. I won a national title as a senior, um, you know, which was my, my long-term goal. And then I kept wrestling internationally. So I got to, you know, opportunity to go all over the world and, um, you know, represent the United States in the world championships in Tehran, Iran, and um, in 98. So I, I got to do some pretty cool things competing and then uh, kept that going with the coaching. And I know you spend most of your time when you're a guest uh, talking about those things. So, but I did want to establish uh, you weren't just a division one wrestler, a big 10 wrestler that you really were one of the, uh, the best to ever go through the Illinois program and, and have been kind of in the pinnacle of our sport and um, 
kind of get your, per- so everyone knows your perspective and, and what you've been through. Um, sure. but I know you could go to YouTube or any number of podcasts to hear your, your story as a competitor. Um, we'll, we'll continue to focus on coaching throughout the rest Sounds of the great. Lap, though. Um, so just starting out as a coach, um, you know, college coach, it's all about getting guys in, in the room and, and guys that are going to compete at a high level. So what do you look for in an ideal recruit? Yeah, I mean, so for me at Elmhurst, the first thing I look for is, is a guy that wants, um, you know, this type of school, you know, Elmhurst is, is, you know, a smaller size school. So, you know, is you know, talking to, you know, hopefully athletes out there listening to this, you got to decide what environment you want. Do you want a really big environment? Do you want a middle size? Do you want a smaller, you know, I competed at a big environment and there were a lot of advantages and disadvantages. And, you know, I've been here for, you know, almost 20 years and there's, again, a lot of advantages and disadvantages, but it's, it's about individual guys fitting in. You know, and the second thing is, you know, that comes up consistently is just a passion for the sport. Um, because whatever your credentials are in high school, you, you really need to have that love for what you're doing and want to keep doing that because, you know, it's work. And whether, whether you come out of stud or, or not, it's really just seeing that passion or not seeing that passion that, that makes such a huge difference. Sure. And, and kind of moving along those, those same lines, is there anything once you get a guy on campus or, or maybe after a year or so that you kind of see um, hey, here are the habits of a, of a guy that's, that's really going to develop? Um, or is that something that kind of is more organic and, and you don't, there's not really a, a stereotypical thing? That you <laughs> yeah, well, when guys first come on campus, they're all excited. So yeah, not, not right away, but really, you know, there's a, uh, there's a, a saying by um, Woody Allen that, you know, 99% of success is just showing up. And um, it sounds pretty trite, but you know, there has to be some consistency. You know, guys can get excited at the beginning of the year or girls can get excited. It, it's, the, it's the people that have, one, they have some specific goals and they're excited about you know, trying, to, trying to work for those goals. I mean, I think goals absolutely drive us and are incredibly important to not just have them in your head, but have them written down so that you can see them. You know, and that, that makes you know, this whole journey fun but it's it's the people that you know that you know especially at division three you know we're not forcing guys to work out year-round you know we only have so much time that we're able to work with our athletes so you know they have to have the consistency to be in the weight room to get on the mat on their own to have some some drive to do more things so I mean that's the the biggest thing is the people that consistently are working out throughout those those four years so yeah uh talking to my own experience, just being a part of the program, it might be those late weeks in September, right? August, everyone's excited. Early September, everyone's excited. And then you kind of see guys maybe starting to miss workouts right at the end of the preseason. And then March, April, May, um, and into the summer where where there's definitely um, a, di- a drop, I think. Sure. sure. And, and a lot of times there's a drop because the, those goals aren't kind of ingrained in, in guys' heads, like, you know, hit in the weight room, you know, you, that should just be a part of life, almost like brushing your teeth, you know, and that's, you know, if, if guys are, are missing, you know, several weeks of, of lifting, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's kind of telling you something. Sure. And what do you think like separates those guys from having that kind of vision or, or connection with their goals? Because everyone, every teammate I had, 
and, and I'm sure every guy that comes through the program at one point or another writes down that they're going to be national champ or all American or national qualifier or whatever. And there's guys that seem to be able to stick to it. Right. And it's maybe five or 10 or whatever percent, depending on your team. And then there's the other bunch of guys who, who maybe you see some of those things, you know, not come to fruition and they're writing it down, but their actions don't match. Like, right. What do you think yeah. the connection is there or, or the lack of connection? Well, you know, good question. Uh, tough question. I mean, one of the things, you know, I like to tell guys, especially when I'm, I'm talking with them individually and we're having a plan is like, you know, tell me your goals, tell me your behaviors and do your behaviors match your goals. You know, if you're, if you're trying to get to, you know, being a state champ or a national champ or an all American, you know, and you know, you're telling me, well, I'm missing work and I'm staying up too late at night, like your behaviors aren't saying, I really want to be a national champion or an All-American. And, and some of it is just getting guys to understand like, hey, the bigger goals you have in, in life, you know, whether it's being a straight A student or being a great athlete, it's going to take work. I mean, you know, and, and you know, many are, are called, few are chosen. You know, it, it is asking a lot out of, out of guys to to get to that level i mean you're making sacrifices you're giving things up um you're also getting you know a ton of satisfaction and a ton of purpose through it so you know i think it's it's an amazing way to go through life but um you know there's a lot of easier things you you know guys can do and um that's always tempting yeah it's just something i always think i thought about as a as a competitor and and now as a as a coach where I'm kind of like, what do I, you know, these guys write these things down and it's all the things I want to hear. And then what they do is, is vastly different. Um, it's definitely one of the more frustrating parts of, of, of coaching and how to get everybody to buy in. And you hear that all the time about the greats that they're able to kind of get all these guys bought in and, um, I definitely haven't cracked the code yet, but I'm, I'm trying every day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there is no code, but I mean, I, I, I think too, you know, guys, when, um, you know, when they start seeing some success, like, you know, especially in our sport, but you know, in anything, you know, wrestling isn't a fun sport. It's a gratifying sport. And what's gratifying, like getting better. And when you get better, you get your hand raised and you win more and, um, you know, you start kind of building off that. So maybe it's not, uh, it's hard for sometimes guys to transform, you know, from, hey, not working that hard to, you know, going all in, but, you know, there's, there's going to be, you know, don't let the great defeat the good, you know, I mean, we all as coaches, you know, want our guys to just be living and breathing this stuff. And sometimes it's like, hey, they're, they're doing a lot better than they were doing. And, um, you know, that's for the, for the, you know, athletes too. I mean, it's like, and once they see some, a little bit of success, it makes it a little bit easier to, hey, give up some of the, you know, junk food that I'm eating or get more sleep or spend more time on the mat, you know, because success is, is fun and you start getting that thing rolling, um, you know, and, and the guys get excited about it and, you know, it takes on its own world, I think, a lot of times. Yeah, the athletes kind of take ownership there. And that's something we talk yeah. about, not just in sports, but in, in the academic world and teaching as well to, to get the kids to, to build on their own successes and take accountability for, for their development. Yeah. So, you know, what kind of moving along that line as well, what do you, what do you think is, is the thing that maybe holds most kids back? And I know we we're kind of talking about that, but what doesn't necessarily have to be as far as like, well, they're not training enough, but 
maybe a kid that's making all the right choices, but uh, struggles to jump levels. Is there something, anything you've noticed that, that is a common uh, thread with that kind of? Well, yeah, 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 it's a good question. I mean, one is, you know, you're, you're talking about living the life of a champion. So like, if you're doing that, if you're getting enough sleep, if you're, um, you know, dedicating yourself to your craft, I mean, you know, then what is it that, that holds people back from making that big jump? It's, it's this thing. You know, it's your mindset, it's your brain. Um, and, you know, we do a lot of talking about that stuff. You know, it's easy for me to say, hey, um, you know, your legs aren't very strong. We're putting you on a squat program. And in a month I'm measuring and I'm saying, well, hey, you improved by 50 pounds on your max. You know, that that's easy to do. It's sometimes easy in, in your sport to be like, hey, you know, your, our goal is to, you know, win 20 matches this year. And, you know, you can measure that stuff the mental stuff um which you know we ascribe a, a huge amount to people's success is a very hard thing to train and to measure you know so you know as coaches especially when you're young it's like hey you got to get tough well what does getting tough mean you know is it is it just working really hard in uh, a practice i mean that's that's part of it but when we're talking about hey i can i can perform really well in practice when there's no pressure and then how do i do when i'm on the mats or on the court or at a test, you know, um, or giving a speech, whatever, right? It's, it's all this, you know, and, um, you know, one of the best things I think I did as a junior in college, I, I took a sports psych class um, and really didn't know that there were kind of words to all these different things like pre-match rituals and, you know, competition anxiety. I mean, you, you understood some of the stuff, but, you know, we really broke down a lot of parts of, you know, what being, you know, for this class, what being a great athlete was and what, you know, great athletes did. And it wasn't always the same, but there's going to be some similarities and, you know, they had a plan and that plan allowed them to um, be consistent, consistently good, whether it's hundred percent, 90%, but they're not competing at 80%. And, um, you know, this class was, was pretty life-changing. And then I got to work with this professor for my senior year in college. And, um, you know, we really had a, a plan that was to try to make, you know, my mental approach to competition um, that much better. And, you know, I apply it to everything. I mean, anytime you're nervous, you know, it's, you know, what stories are going on in your head, you know, what beliefs do you have in your head and, you know, um, there's a lot of belief that we all have that are just holding ourselves so far back from what our potential is. And a lot of times we don't even know it. We don't know the negativity we're putting in. We don't know, um, you know, that there are better ways to be, to be doing things, you know, and, um, there is no one answer for that. That's, that's some learning that, you know, guys and girls have to do on their own. They have to take some initiative. They have to, figure some stuff out. And, you know, as a coach, I try to do that with our guys, you know, what are you thinking right before matches? What are you thinking in that match? You know, when we're watching film, because a lot of times doubt creeps in, Hey, I was afraid of getting tired. So I didn't, you know, attack or, you know, I was so nervous because I, I knew like I had to win this match and, you know, there are better ways of, or worse ways of approaching all these challenges, which every athlete has. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, you know, and, and as I've been, uh, you know, coaching myself and going through and, you know, it, it seems to me guys that get 
kind of reps in those big moments seem to be able to figure out those those big moments later. Uh, having a at a certain point, having just a match or a game or whatever, uh, you get used to it, right? Against a, a common opponent who's maybe you know not really really tough, you know, or, or someone that you you can beat or, or should beat. Um, and and you, when you get put in those moments, like in an arena somewhere, and I only wrestled in an arena one time in college, I think, um, you know, you have to be ready in that moment. And, and I remember watching guys who, who wrestled for you, who had wrestled in arenas probably since they were little kids. Mm -hmm. And um, one guy in particular didn't win the regional. And I knew he was going to win the national championship because as soon as he got there, nobody else had been on that stage as much as him. And I just feel like the more I watch, the more I see um, and study these guys that are the greats in college. It's like, well, they, why, why would the moment not get to them? Well, they've been in arenas since they were eight years old and, and they're used to that moment. Um, do, do you think that has anything? By absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you're just saying like they've been, they've been put in the, in the pressure cooker, um, you know, and have had to learn to deal with it, but you know, I mean, those guys that are consistently good in, in any of the sports, I mean, that's the fun stuff to, you know, try to learn about it, pick apart and understand, you know, for, you know, for your team. And I'm sure any high school athlete, it's like, how do these greats do it? And yeah, I mean, being exposed to top level competition and being, but, you know, these people are also put in there and have to test, you know, how, what's their pre-match routine? How are they able to get up for that and, and really perform? you know, and get out of their head and not be thinking about things or not be so nervous that they're, they're shutting things down. So yeah, I mean, these, these guys have, have had the chance to deal with those big questions, maybe more than, than other people. Um, but, you know, bottom line is, you know, consistency comes from a consistent kind of mental approach to things. And mm -hmm. there is no one answer for that, but better have some kind of plan or else you're just going to be going into it. And it's like, Hey, some days you're hot and it just works. And some days, you know, you're not. And, you know, some days you do okay. And, you know, and it's that inconsistency of performance. A lot of times is inconsistency of, you know, mental preparation to be able to perform. For sure. For sure. And I think, I think everybody kind of picks up on those things, but it sounds like you had that class that really, like you said, broke it down for you. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to have a, you know, a process and I, you know, I'd be telling anybody listening, like, you know, look on YouTube, you know, look for the, you know, best, best sports psych books, do a, a search for that and get one, you know, I mean, there's many that are pretty darn good and it, it gives you an actual process, not just, Hey, I want to be good. And I hope I'm thinking the right things because, Again, I think success leaves a trail and, you know, these sports psych books have been dealing with the best people and, and how they prepare. And there's, you know, there's going to be certain things that are better than others. And there, you better have, you know, like I said, a pre, a pre-competition ritual, you know, you should have something, whether it's listening to music or not listening to music or getting a little bit excited or keeping yourself really calm. I mean, there's going to be ways that are going to help you really Pete's and there's going to be ways that are, are holding you back and there's resources out there. You know, it's not just, Hey, you got to really want it. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's do some, do some digging. Cause this is about, you know, your guys own performances, like find, find some great books and, and uh, you know, really think about this and have a, have a plan. Sure. And once you have that plan, 
the plan becomes just part of you. So, you know, you're talking about the guys that have been on the big stage. Well, you know, they're so used to it and that plan doesn't have to be like so rigid. They just know they have a general idea of what they need to do. And, and yeah, they get in those pressure situations where, um, you know, a lot of people start to crumble. They've been in it, they have a plan and they go. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I think that's definitely part of it. Like you said, they have the reps of the plan in yes. this moment. And um, obviously a lot of people don't make it because of that too. And you never mm -hmm. know they are because they didn't make it. Yeah. Um, but moving on, um, how, how did you define success for yourself as an athlete? And how do you now define it as a coach for your athletes? And, and is that different? Sure. Well, I, you know, early on, I mean, success was what everybody kind of obviously does. It's like, am I winning? You know, did I win this? You know, as a high school athlete, you know, am I going to be a state champ or am I making it to the state tournament? Um, so it was very um, outcome oriented. And, and one of the big things I learned in the sports psych classes, you know, is the difference between an outcome goal and a process goal. You know, an outcome goal is I'm trying to be a national champion or an Olympic champion, you know, but that's, you don't have control over that. You know, you, you, the process goals, you know, it's like, what workouts am I going to do, you know, for wrestling, you know, what kind of tie-ups am I going to get in? You know, what, how am I going to set the pace for things? Those things lead to the outcome goals. Um, you know, so um, I was, you know, personally was winning a lot of matches, you know, especially in, in college real close because I wasn't opening up and all I wanted to do was win. So if I got a takedown, I'd shut everything down. And, you know, through working with the sports psychologists, you know, we realized, you know, if I'm really trying to get to that top level, I can't just shut down. I have to be able to open up. So, you know, for me as an athlete, success was, you know, how many scoring attempts do I take in each match? So winning or losing wasn't going to be the end result. It was like, hey, was I getting six attacks per match? or more, you know, and that, that helped me uh, define success. So, you know, obviously winning is, we're all aware, like that's what we're trying to do. Um, but it's trying to get, I think our athletes to take a step back and, you know, what, what are the skills I need to develop that are going to help me win? You know, and some of them are going to be physical, some of them are going to be mental. So, you know, I mean, as a coach, you know, I'm talking to each of my guys and, you know, we're talking about, you know, what are their goals and, and writing those things down and, you know, the whole smart goals and, you know, being realistic and being able to measure them. I mean, those are incredibly important. So therefore, you know, on a team, not everybody's going to, going to have the same goals. We always want to win, but, um, you know, some guys are, are trying to be an All-American and some guys are, are trying to you know, be 500 or some guys are trying to win their first college match. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I kind of look at it the same, same with my guys. And, and I remember really buying into that stuff and I had for a long time, I lost it, but my goals for my senior year, and it was like five or six pages long with the, the outcomes and the, um, and the process that I was going to take and how I was going to do all those things. And, um, you know, I've been reading different books about it and stuff. And, um, I read the energy bus over the summer and got really jacked up about it. And, and so I'm trying to kind of take their framework and, and use that with my own team. And um, I haven't read that yet. Oh, it's, a, it's pretty good. It's good. It's, it's good. It, it's just kind of goes basically how to break down um, like your, your goal 
for, for basically like almost like a life goal. Okay. And it breaks it down into like, okay, what's your vision? So that's kind of like the goal. How are you going to get there? It's kind of like your mission statement. And then you can break it down into smaller action steps and, and then getting people on board with you and, and the one, the people you need to, to, um, uh, uh, you know, connect with you, which is basically your team, your assistant coaches, those sure. types of people and stuff. So it, it was a, it was a great read for me. I got really excited about it and, and kind of put it all, all that stuff on paper. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited about, about that stuff again, but um, certainly always getting all my athletes to buy into that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's not always easy. Like we were kind of talking about earlier, right. Um, but uh, uh, moving on. So uh, we should just tell the athletes listening, just buy into this and then uh, it'll make our lives so much easier. Yeah, I know exactly. That's uh, you know, why don't you, why don't you guys just buy in? We're trying to help you just do it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't always work that so, seemingly somehow it doesn't always work that way, whether you're in the classroom or, or on the, uh, or on the field or the map. Very, very true. Uh, but, w- but when it does, it's, it's the best feeling. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, definitely. I've had, um, you know, some really good guys and my favorite two stories are about a kid who qualified for the sectional because it took like everything he had to get there. And I had another kid that was like a two-time conference champ who could probably like barely tie his shoes when he was a freshman. And um, neither of them qualified for state or, or won state medals or anything like that. But it was like, these guys came from, they couldn't do anything, you know, and, and right. they did great for themselves. And, and those are the two, you know, proudest things in my, in my coaching uh, career. Um, that is very cool. So um how do you think you get the most out of a, out of a training session as a coach? Uh, you know, I, I try to, as a coach, let our guys know what the goal of the training session is. You know, I, I try not to, you know, not to make things surprises. Like there's certain days where I'm going to say like, Hey, I want you guys to get in deep waters. I want you guys to get tired. I want you guys to push yourselves. I, I want you guys out there fighting, you know, and, and, yesterday in practice I said hey we had two hard days in a row guys this is not going to be a hard day it's going to be an important day we have some skills to learn but um you know you're not going to walk out of here um you know panting and you know ready to ready to pass out like but we got skills we got to develop so you know it's it's letting those guys know that and you know um I mean I I heard this in an interview, I think it was Tom Brands from the Iowa coach who was talking about one of his athletes. And he said, you know, everybody goes to the same practice, but not everybody has the same practice. And I try to remind our guys that it's like, Hey, I can look around the room and there's some guys, even though we're doing the same thing, whatever it is, a 10 minute go, whatever, some guys are, are pushing themselves. Some guys are, are dogging it. Some guys are kind of going in between. So, you know, it's also reminding, you know, reminding guys what they're trying to do and, and what the expectations are and um, you know what you're doing in practice um, you know is going to carry over um, and you you've got to uh, know what you're trying to do and, and be pushing yourself to it you know and one of the things it's a Navy SEAL saying that you know one of our coaches Matt Kushard always reminds guys you, you don't rise to the occasion you fall to the level of your training um, you know we, all, we always want to think you know, we're in those, 
perfect moments and everything's going to go great. Well, you know, like you said, Charlie, with the, uh, you know, the guys that have been on the big stage before, um, you know, they've, they've put in that time, they've put in that training, they're familiar with that. So, I mean, you've got to be putting in that, that kind of passionate effort in practice if you expect that to, to be carrying over. Yeah, and, and definitely in our sport, you know, I really love the way practice was. We'd go hard, and then there would be days, you know, and you kind of get almost, it's almost like a, a rest day, but it's more of a mental kind of technique day. And that really helped me a lot because, um, you know, I would, I would just feel mentally worn down, physically worn down. And um, I know, at least at the time I was there, there would be a little bit of like pushback from some guys where it was kind of like, you would go hard all the time as a growing up and in high school, because there's this belief around wrestling that you have to go hard every single time. And, um, you know, how have you dealt with, the, with, with any pushback on that? And, and what, um, what do you think other coaches could do to maybe like avoid that kind of thinking because it's easy to just be like well we're going to go super hard today and we're going to go super hard every day because that's sure. really an easy practice plan yeah um, yeah well you know it's it's our responsibility as coaches to be doing what's what's best for the athletes and you know if you're a coach you've you've been through a lot a lot of training guys a lot of developing guys so you probably have a a good idea of of what they need you know if if guys could just form their own teams, you know, and not need coaches like, and just improve. That'd be great. But I mean, the coaches are, are there to develop the guys. And, you know, again, some of it is just communicating with them. You know, some of it is again, I mean, maybe that's a belief system they have. That's not an accurate one. Um, you know, I mean, you, you got to have time to develop your skills. Um, but it's, it's tough. Like I have to remind guys like, Hey, just cause this isn't a hard day. Um, it's an important day, like, because these are some things you guys have to have to develop. But um, I just, you know, letting guys know what the plan is like, hey, we, you know, a few days hard, you know, this is not a hard day, maybe we're going to have a day off the mat for, you know, mental rest, but it's just, it's just letting them know that there is a plan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're the best I've ever ever met as far as keeping your ego out of it you're probably one of the best guys i've ever met too as far as as far as being a wrestler but keeping your ego out of it um but it used to boggle my mind um as we were going training and we've got you know coach marinetti who's been all over the world done all these great things as a competitor and guys wouldn't buy into this you know they would they would say well that's not going to work for me um you know I, I guess I don't know if I have a question there. I'm just yeah. kind of saying like, you know, how, how do you internally deal with that? I mean, how, how are you able to kind of just um, move forward with, with guys not understanding that? Well, one is it's really difficult. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've, I've, you know, spent, you know, my competitive life, you know, asking that question, like, how can I be as good as I can be, you know, and as a coach, like, how can I get guys as good? So, you know, I've, I've, anywhere I've gone, like when I'd go to the Olympic training center, I'd sit down with the strength coach there and ask questions and, and try to figure things out. You know, when I was working with those coaches and I've, I've gotten a chance to be coached by some of the, the greatest people in the, 
in the world of our, our sport. So, you know, you're seeing different approaches and, you know, part of it is a humility that like, I don't have all the answers, you know, but I probably have a, a, a lot of very solid answers. Um, you know, and some of it is, you know, is psychology is, is like, Hey, certain guys, you may need to add a little bit more certain guys. You may need to pull back a little more, you know, especially for our sport, for wrestling, where it's an individual sport, you know, team sport is going to have a different dynamic and its own different challenges, you know, but, you know, if, if I have a guy that needs to work harder and even, or, or thinks he needs to work harder, even if I don't think so, maybe I'm going to add some, uh, you know, airdyne sprints or some, some rope snaps or something at the end of the practice. So he really, you know, mentally feels like, okay, I, I did something extra. I, I did more than I needed to do. Um, you know, sometimes if, if that's, what's going to get their minds right, that that's what we have to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely kind of remember some of that too, and, and try to use those, uh, messages. And I think, um, I've heard a lot about like Gable used to do a lot of stuff like that, whatever guys needed and, mm-hmm. and, and made sure that they got it, whether it was maybe they needed to lift a little more or be off the mat once a week or something. He would have all sorts of different, different little tricks. Um, and, then, and that's, you know, that's the fun of coaching is you, you really have to get to know your team. You needed to get to know your guys and their psychology. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes the best training plan for them isn't what's going to be best for them. And sometimes it is. So, I mean, that's, that's coaching is you're always making these tough decisions, you know, to, to, to help your guys. Yeah. So moving along that line, uh, what do you do to, to build relationships with your athletes? And there, has there been anything that really kind of stands out um, that you feel like has, has helped you um, with getting to know some of the different yeah. teams? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's any real secret to it. It's just, I mean, one, you know, it's caring as a coach, you know, showing them that you care and then you show them you can, you know, so we're probably doing this stuff because we, we do care about people and we want to get guys that are motivated and, and, um, you know, want to improve, you know, so other than that, you know, it's like, there's, there's things we do as a team, you know, have barbecues or watch a, you know, say a big 10 dual meet together sometimes, or, you know, something just to be around each other. A lot of times it's watching film with guys and breaking things down and, you know, just talking about, you know, what's going on with life and what's going on with training. And, you know, it's just, just, you know, enjoying that process, enjoying getting to know people on your team, you know, with some sincerity and otherwise it's, you know, there's no big secret to doing that. But I mean, that should be the fun of, you know, having a coach athlete relationship is you're, you're both trying to, you know, on this journey to, to, you know, improve. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just interesting to hear because, you know, anytime you get, you know, 45 people in, in one place, you know, not everyone's always going to get along or agree all the time. And uh, as a head coach or a coach in general, you know, your kind of your job is, is to try to, um, get along with all those guys. And we've kind of been talking about the differences and how every kid is different and you need to mm-hmm. do different things for every kid. So um, it's just kind of interesting to hear what, what different people do and, and how they try to build those relationships. Sure. Um, and, you know, I mean, just guys having fun together, you know, going out and playing handball or football, or, you know, we've had our guys, you know, 
get on the train and go to the beach and play football on the beach, you know, things like that. I mean, it's just, it's just uh, having fun. And and then it's, you know, from a coaching standpoint, it's, it's, you know, a um, issue of, you know, integrity and decency. And it's like, Hey, you may not, here's what the expectations are. Like you may not let, you know, absolutely like everybody on the team, but you know, you treat them with respect at bare minimum level. And, um, you know, that, that certainly makes life a lot easier for them and for us and a lot more fun. And how important is it for, just from a, not just your standpoint, but like for a team to have a guy like a Matt Kusher or a Ben Salabera or a Joe Rao who are high energy guys who really create um, kind of a, um, for me, it felt like just a more relaxed environment. How much, how important is that, do you think, for, for everyone? Sure. Well, I mean, your, your team culture is incredibly important, you know, and, you know, some of that is going to come from the top down, you know, the, the coach saying, Hey, these are what my expectations are. You know, I will not accept, you know, people, uh, you know, treating others poorly for, you know, any reason, you know, and then some of it comes from the bottom up, you know, and, and um, that's, you know, the, the athletes you have and, you know, what their approach is and how things are going, you know, so, I mean, I certainly have learned from some of my athletes just watching, you know, I really love that when they're having fun, they're staying loose, um, they're enjoying the process, you know, I mean, the sport shouldn't be miserable, you should be like loving coming to practice, not, not every day, but most of the time. And, you know, we're pretty fortunate to have some guys that, that really loved it and, and had the personalities that, that would shine from that. Um, you know, and, and some of it is like with your captains and your, your guys, it's like they play a big part in pulling, you know, your other guys in and getting them to really see the sport from, you know, their viewpoint and really have fun doing the sport, have fun working hard. Um, but, you know, that's, that's a challenge. You, you got to have some some special people sometimes really make that coaching process easier. Yeah, for sure. Cause having those guys around definitely Koosh and, and, uh, and Joe, um, mm-hmm. Joe screwing around before practice every day, doing whatever it was that he was doing and, and Koosh with his personality. Um, you know, I think for a lot of guys, you know, they get so in their head and it gets mm-hmm. so tough that it was just like, Oh, it was just like a breath of fresh air every day or, or, right. or whatever it was. So. I just feel like those guys bring so much um, to a team. It's always great to have someone like that. Yeah, it is. I want to move on to some, uh, one more question uh, about the mental side of things and, and how important is, is winning and losing. I know we kind of touched on it, but from your mindset of how important is it that your guys want to win? I mean, it really is important. I mean, we're, we're measured by that, you know, we're tested by that, you know, I mean, that is, you know, in some ways the final exam, it's like, you know, you're putting all this work in, you know, and, you know, in, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing to say in the grand scheme of things, you know, life is going to go on, but, you know, you want guys that are driven, you want guys, you want coaches that are driven. I mean, winning is, is fun. And I mean, you can see that out there when somebody has that passion, you know, passion for what they're doing, passion to master, you know, their, their, um, you know, their sport, um, and they have to have that competitiveness. Now, like, 
how they develop. I think, you know, like I said earlier, if you're focusing just on winning, you're not going to be at your best, but you know, that's, that, that has to be somewhere in your head. Like that's why we're stepping on the mat. That's why you're stepping on the court. Um, trying to win. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess probably at your level, you deal with it a little less because you, you know, you are getting people that have had a certain degree of success that are coming in and um, understand at least a little bit of what it takes to kind of um, build a certain amount of success in the win loss area. Um, you know, but I think sometimes we have people that are just kind of like, Oh, I have these outcome goals. Sure. And the, the, um, the process goals maybe aren't there and they're just, well, I'll just do my best. Right. And if I never win, it's just kind of, Oh, well, sure. kind of I mean, you can also, you know, as, as coaches, you know, a lot of what we do is, is we're going to measure our success on um, your progress. So, you know, like you said, with some of your favorite guys, I mean, some of my favorite stories are, are guys that improved a ton, but you know, they weren't going to get to the national tournament. Um, but you know, that coaching relationship with them, seeing them improve. Um, so like that's, as long as they're setting goals, not, not something that's kind of, I just want to get better or I want to do well enough, like having some real goals and putting themselves out there. Um, you know, but if, if, you know, the realistic part of it is they can only get to this point. I mean, seeing that progress as a, as a coach is success, is success for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's uh, exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, I, I do want to move on to some of these big picture uh, questions that I have here for you. Sure. And uh, what kind of uh, life lessons do you want your athletes to kind of take away after being a part of the program for four years? Well, one of my favorite quotes was from a, um, a samurai named Miyamoto Musashi. Um, and he said, uh, if you know the way broadly, you will see it in all things. And you know, what, what that saying is like, once you learn how to be great at something, you kind of have a template to be great in whatever else you're doing. Um, you know, and so I, I really try to get our guys to like, Hey guys, this is, this is your journey. And you know, the time you're putting into it, whether it's learning your nutrition, your strength training, your flexibility, your technique, your mental training, your um, hard physical training. Um, you know, there, there is a process to becoming great. Um, you know, it's not a perfect process, but once you learn some of those key ingredients, once you learn how to identify, Hey, what's going well, what's not going well. Um, you know, whether you take that from wrestling, but then, you know, you can get into your job, you can get into grad school. I mean, it's successes, you know, setting those goals, having the discipline to chunk things down so that you can get to that, that final goal, uh, having discipline to do the work, having the intelligence to do the work smartly. Um, so there's, I think there's, you know, learning that process then is able, you know, to, to take, guys into whatever setting and be successful yeah and I've, I've heard you kind of talk about that that quote before kind of like once you learn how to do something really well you can kind of learn how to do you have you now know how to do anything really well or you can learn you know how to yeah. learn how to do anything really well yeah or or certainly faster than other people yeah. you know you can you can adapt a lot quicker you know and you know as, as an athlete I mean it's not just 
performing. It might be, you know, being a team leader, being a captain. And, you know, I've certainly had talks with, you know, our guys that are captains about like, hey, things are doing that I think are hidden real well. And hey, you, you know, might across the line. And even if you're right, you know, it's, it's learning how to deal with people and, and dealing with egos. And, um, you know, as a captain, you have different level of authority that the, than the coach does. So there's certain things you can kind of make happen and certain things you can't. And there's better ways to do it. And, and so, you know, you're learning that interpersonal dynamic and you're learning just how to be great at something. So, um, you know, I, I think that carries over very well to just, hey, I have a template to figure any of this out and I've developed the work ethic to do it. Now we can go. Yeah, for sure. And I think you hear about that kind of in broader terms, like in, in wrestling, you you get these life lessons and, and you're able to care. People talk about carrying over the things they've learned from wrestling into real life. And uh, I think that's what you're hitting on a little more specifically there. Um, so uh, what advice would you uh, give to yourself when you were just starting out as a college head coach? You know, I mean, tough. I, I think certainly like having more patience, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, when you're just starting out, you're trying to prove yourself. So there's a lot of, uh, I think, mental emphasis on end results and, you know, winning championships and, and things. And so that can, you know, when you're first starting out, that can really kind of throw you off from just the relationships you're trying to develop. And the fact that like, you know, you've, you've got students in all different, you know, mental places and it's like, they're not all just there to, to um, you know, go to battle for you and, and get you glory. So, you know, it's, it's, I think, a, you know, it'd be a bigger term perspective on that and, and a lot more patience on what I was trying to do. And, you know, sometimes just with dealing with my athletes, yeah. um, you, you know, and that, that comes in time. Sure. Did you feel a lot of pressure early on when you started out? Uh, I think just like internally, maybe just, in, yeah. Internal pressure. I mean, of course we're, you know, we're, we're trying to do something great you know, and sometimes that greatness is in hardware that you win. And sometimes it's just an improving your guys. And, um, but yeah, I've, I felt that pressure and probably was, you know, really trying to, trying to push things early on. And, um, I think you get smarter with how you're doing those things as, as you go, but yeah, when you're first taking over something and you're like, I am the head coach now I'm, I'm creating this, there's, you know, you put a lot of pressure on yourself and again, that's the, the mental stuff, you know, we, we all make mistakes on those things and, uh, you know, probably had a mindset that, that wasn't perfect at that time. Yeah. For, <laughs> I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Sure. Uh, so what, what's the most, what's, what's your favorite part of being a head wrestling coach and at the college level? Sure. I mean, you know, the, my favorite part is, you know, working with our guys and, and trying to get, get them to, you know, reach their goals. I mean, that's, I guess pretty obvious is, you know, as a coach, I mean, as a coach, you, you want to be, you know, on the mat, helping guys develop, you want to be, you know, talking to them, you want, you know, having that relationship and, uh, you know, seeing them improve, you know, whether that's, you know, big improvements at the national level or, or just, you know, really them getting over mental hurdles that they, they had to, I mean, that's, that's, a blast. I mean, that's so much fun. And, uh, you know, so really just trying to get them to, you know, unlock their mind and unlock their potential. And, um, you know, it's incredibly gratifying and, you know, 
fun as a coach when you train guys the right way and, and you see those results. It's, it's, uh, it's incredibly uh, gratifying. Yeah, for sure. I definitely uh, have had some of those moments and it, it kind of, it, it's almost like, like when you win a tough match or something, it's, the, yeah. it's kind of to that feeling is when one of your guys kind of applies the things that you've been working with them on and, and, and they find that success for sure is, is, um, is very inspiring and in a, a, builds great moments. Definitely. So what is the most difficult part then of, of being a head wrestling coach? I mean, I think the difficult part, you know, is recruiting, you know, you're, you're trying to get the, the right people into uh, your program that, like you said earlier, you know, certain individuals really can, can make the difference and um, you know, making the difference, I mean, is, is making my job fun, you know, having guys that are motivated, um, having guys that have the right, you know, attitude, you know, for our sport, and, you know, it's the division three level, there's, you know, a lot of educating, I think students on like, okay, what is division three? And how is that different than division one or two? And, you know, um, you know, it's really getting them aware of, hey, this is an opportunity for you to compete at the college level for four years. So, you know, recruiting is always, always, you know, challenging. Has it always been tough with the kind of division one, division three uh, um, connection, you know, and, and I've looked up some numbers and stuff and in wrestling, you know, there's so few programs out there, division one, that it is really probably one of the most jam packed, uh, uh, you know, all the talent is really jam packed into those division one programs. And, you know, to be a division three guy, I mean, there's plenty of state champions that wrestle division three, mm-hmm. state place winners that wrestle division three. And it's, it's probably one of the most competitive division three sports, just because there's just not a lot of options out there. So right. you get a watered down division one, division two. Um, so how, yeah. So- yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's an, it's an education problem, you know, it's, it's, that's, I guess my, challenge as a coach. And, you know, I, I, I try to get or hope, you know, high school coaches kind of understand and like, you know, the high school coach's job is to, you know, help guide, guide their athletes. And, you know, sometimes it's, Hey, look at this division one school. Are you trying to be close to home? Are you trying to be far away? Are you looking division two school, but understanding what, you know, the division three competition is, um, you know, it's certainly been, you know, it's always going to be challenging. Like, you know, everybody knows, and can identify a, an Illinois or a, you know, Iowa or an Oklahoma state or, you know, whatever. But, you know, a lot of people don't know some of the places, you know, they're, they're smaller places that just don't get the uh, publicity. Yeah. And I, I think part of what I was trying to hit at too was, was like how good you have to be to really at the high school level to then be competitive at the division one level. I mean, mm-hmm. there's guys out there that, you know, you were one of them that, that from a division one standpoint, didn't have a ton of success at the high school level, even though you're a state runner up in most other sports, state runner up is pretty darn good. And going to probably get, get some looks Um, in wrestling. If you're a one-time state runner up, you know, well, good luck in, you know, division two or division three, you probably do really well. Um, You know, if you win two state titles, it's like maybe Illinois, we'll, we'll send you a letter or something. And, and right. uh, so you get kids who qualify for state and they think they're like going to be these big bruisers in college. And they have no idea. Like the guys you go, you go to a college room. If you don't have a state title, you're or a division one room. If you don't have a state title, you're kind of like, 
you know, easy. Yeah, it's you know. it's going to be going to be tough. And, you know, some of it, too, is just like, hey, having the opportunity to wrestle in college for four years um, is going to be amazingly tough. And kind of like you said, I mean, the, the level of competition, I mean, there's certainly a bigger range in Division three. Um, but, man, the guys at the top are, are freaking studs. Yeah, they are impressive. So. So, yeah, it's just trying to get get guys to understand that and like, hey, like you're not uh, it's not a a step down. It's a different division and has different goals and different educational goals. But man, you better be ready to compete because it's going to be tough. Oh, yeah, that's that's for sure. Um, It's definitely definitely tough. Um, I think what I was trying to get at is have you seen any more or less of that? uh, I don't know if bias is the right word, but like is it more now with all the social media where you get more kids that are kind of looking division one or, or is it maybe even a little less now? Cause maybe there's more education out there. Or I, I think it's gotten better. I mean, it's again, you know, it's, it's people kind of understanding what, what their options are. And um, you know, I think coaches have a better idea. So they're helping the athletes, you know, get themselves in a place that they're going to be successful. Um, so I th- it's getting better, but it's, it's still a, a tough, uh, a tough challenge because, you know, still a lot of people will never hear of like the smaller schools and, you know, didn't even know, Hey, this is, might be an option where I can really thrive. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I know that's, you know, when I start talking with guys, it's always kind of like, they don't really know what's out there. What's, what's, what's available to them. So definitely uh, something to consider. Uh, I kind of want to move into um, something a little more, I guess, family oriented, but you know, you've been a college coach for almost 20 or head college coach for almost 20 years now. Um, you know, I have a family, I've started a family now. There's a lot of guys older than me and, and younger than me that are married and, and having kids. And, you know, you have a, a daughter in college and, and one who's on her way uh, in that direction. Uh, how has wrestling shaped your, your parenting style? Well, you know, wrestling and coaching. I mean, I, you know, I, I gave a talk to a class um, last year about coaching and, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a wake up call to them. Like whether you're trying to be a coach or not, I mean, you're going to be in some kind of leadership situation, right? So we can call it coaching. We can call it being a manager. We can call it being a parent. Like at some point, uh, like you are the one who has to make, you know, a thousand and one decisions on, you know, what is the discipline and what is expectations and how much should I, should I push this issue? And, you know, should we be arguing about this or not? And so um, it's, it's helped me make better decisions. It's helped me um, certainly humbled me in a lot of ways. You know, you, you do realize, you know, coaching and talking with your guys, like, Hey, you don't always have the, the right answers, or sometimes you might, have a better answer, but, you know, they're coming at it from a very different perspective. So, and kind of, you know, like we talked about earlier too, I'm trying to enjoy it, right. It's, you know, just like coaching, it's not just pressure and doing stuff like enjoy the little wins, enjoy the process of, of people getting better, enjoy the process of, of being a parent. And, and um, I mean, I really have enjoyed that process. You know, I've taken my kids, you know, over the world, all over the country doing things and even when we're here you know we'll go in the city just having fun doing stuff which we haven't done for an entire year with uh with COVID but at some point here we're going to be able to actually do something again 
Yeah, keep them keeping them busy. Yeah, my son doesn't yeah. even know other people exist. I don't think really. <laughs> There's the whole world out there. <laughs> He's gonna be in for a big surprise. Yeah, he just it's just mom, me, and his his sister. Yeah, yeah. So so we're hoping to get him out to the park and maybe even uh, the the pool this summer, and he could see some other people, maybe some other babies and stuff. So it's a uh, it's definitely a, a different different world out there than than he. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, coach, I don't have too much else for you. Um, anything else you want to say or would love to share? No, I mean, it was an honor to, to be here talking. I mean, you know, I, I think if, you know, anybody, any student listening, you know, when you're talking about the, um, you know, the sports stuff, I mean, looking into that sports psych um, route and really, you know, taking some initiative on that and really getting a plan for yourself and, you know, using your coaches to, to help you with that plan, but um, taking the initiative, I mean, just makes what you guys are doing so much more fun because you're, you're really actively trying to get yourself better and um, that invests you more into it. And it just makes, you know, makes going to school makes going to practice everything just much, much more fun. For sure. You know what, coach, I do have one more question for you. Let me, let me ask you this. Okay. Um, you know, after, after having some time and, and a little bit of time, a couple of years, maybe to reflect what are, what were, uh, as an athlete, what were my, some of my strengths and maybe some of my areas where, where I could have done better. Okay. Um, <laughs> strengths, I mean, is, is definitely the, the work ethic and the passion, right? I mean, it's, it's, there was no question that, um, coach Curran was coming to practice, like ready to compete and ready to have goals. I mean, you're very smart on your approach to, to doing things right. And you, you found a way that's going to make you work. I mean, I think for, you know, negatives is you weren't very fast. I mean, that was, that was the biggest, <laughs> biggest negative, you know, <laughs> that's what you're going to throw at me. Well, <laughs> well, I know that was something that, that we, that we joked about and, you know, for years, everybody kept that hidden from me that yes. I'm very athletic. Well, and- I mean, this is, this is the, um, you know, the sports psych side is, um, you know, for the people listening, we convinced coach Curran that he was one of the most gifted athletes that had, uh, you know, ever existed. And um, that was despite his, uh, you know, six inch vertical jump and uh, <laughs> you know, 10 minute mile. I convinced not quite, my- not, not quite 10 minute mile, but you know, um, 10 minute mile. I convinced myself. You did. I convinced myself and uh, I remember when we told you way after the fact and just the uh, the heartbreak in your eyes and uh, you know I feel bad about that to this day but um, you know, at some <laughs> point we, we, we had to tell you after after you're an all-american you, you had to know yeah did it just from hard work alone yeah for sure for sure all right coach well I appreciate you coming on here and, and uh, talking with me for an hour giving up an hour of your time it was a pleasure to be here thanks All right. Take care, Steve. Yep. Bye.